0: friends we are so glad you're here today i will be your host harriet deborah and your guest today is going to be dr joe deborah and today's topic you're going to be talking about brokenness guys get ready for it so dr deborah would you give us a little background about our topic today
1: Yeah, uh, thank you so much for hosting us uh, today, Harriet. And I think we're going to go with Joe because Dr. Deborah sounds weird. (laughs) It's weird um, for me. Thank you so much, uh, friends uh, and loved ones for always following with us. Yes, uh, that is Harriet, my wife. And so her calling me, Dr. Deborah, certainly does sound a little weird, Um, but Uh, Topic today, uh, like she said, certainly we're talking about brokenness, uh, the way to true healing. And you know, Harriet, um, I always say that there are so many things in life that are their truest origin or their truest intent. Those concepts um, are very crucial for receiving the full benefits that we get from those things. For example, you take something like the concept of giving, and for years we have been taught that you give out of your abundance or you give out of your surplus. But giving really, in its original sense, was not to give out of your abundance, but rather it was an act of obedience based on the needs of other people. And so when you take something like um, Abraham, God said to him, Give me Isaac, your son, your only son whom you love. And um, a story like El- El- Elijah with the um, widow at Zarephath. He goes to this widow and says to her, Go and first make me bread from the little flour and oil that you have left. I'm saying this because, at the truest sense of that word, it is not out of the abundance that you give, but in an act of obedience, and so um, for the sake of the times that we are in, because I know fall is uh, we are right around fall, and so everybody is thinking about uh, Halloween and all these other things. but you look at Halloween itself and um, it, it's very interesting because for years the uh, october thirty uh, first uh, had been celebrated as a pagan uh, um, a religion. Festival, And with time, um, uh, I believe the name that they, they, they called that festival of October 31st was Shawin. And then Pope Gregory Third designated November 1st as All Saints Day. And so for centuries, the day before All Saints Day became All Hallow Eve, which is the word that we call Halloween today. So for centuries, or for years upon years, we were celebrating October 31st as the Eve eve to All Saints Day. But now that the the concept of Halloween has been drifted so far away from its original intent that it has become the day where a lot of evil takes place in many cities uh, across the United States. Halloween becomes the day where gangs actually do their initiation. And so they send people out to go commit crimes, to go commit murder and things of that nature. All that I'm trying to say is brokenness is one of such words that I believe for years we have been uh, indoctrinated into just an aspect of the word brokenness that it has become uh, a word that we see with disdain and with displeasure. But I pray that um, by the grace of God today, uh, we, we will be able to, as we go through our conversation, help our audience to see brokenness, not only as something that we don't have to disdain, but rather as a virtue that we ought to pursue. Well, oh, That's a
0: powerful introduction there. We could have used it for the whole session. <laughs> but anyway, let's dive in. What would you say or how are you going to advise us? What leads to brokenness or what is brokenness?
1: Yeah, um, that, that is actually a very interesting thing. So um, brokenness, when you look in the dictionary, is uh, defined as um, a, a state of strong emotional pain That stops someone from living a normal life. And I think this definition, though very true, of the state of brokenness, um, it's actually not all-encompassing. And why do I say that? So when you look at um, brokenness, yes, truly, there is strong emotional pain. But the strong emotional pain really is as a result of the process of brokenness. It's not the the process itself, if you understand what I'm trying to say. So I believe that um, brokenness is actually the state where a person has come to the end of his or her abilities. um, When we have gotten to a place of self exhaustion And um, uh, it's at this point where we have come to the end of ourselves that we realize our emptiness, our helpless state that we start feeling this intense emotional pain that we define as brokenness. So I think that, yes, uh, the the strong emotional pain is true, but it's not the entirety of brokenness. It's a result of the process of brokenness. And so as we go on, um, I, I hope that we are able to, by the grace of God, shed some light on the fact that it's not just an intense emotional pain when we talk about brokenness, but there is physical pain, there is spiritual pain. And those are some of the things that we will be um, diving in today.
0: Well, uh, listening to you right now, um, I have a personal question to ask you about. um, Brokenness being an emotional pain, it can be physical it can be spiritual, as you just said. Would right. you say brokenness leads to fear or fear leads to brokenness? Because I always picture this in my mind as somebody who is broken in all manner of ways. And I picture it as your life being perfect, your life being know your life goes well and then all of a sudden all these struggles and challenges just zooms in in your life would you call that brokenness and if you do call that brokenness I picture it as letting a space that needs to be filled with God, or it needs to be filled with positivity, or it needs to be filled with confidence, if that space is not filled with a good vibe or, you know, with God, basically, that space is filled with fear. Mm. And that leads to, as you were saying, that leads to the pain, the unbearable, you know, feeling that we feel, that we feel like everything is just going astray that, hey, I need, I need someone, I need God to intervene. So do brokenness leads to fear and fear leading to our pain and challenges and struggle and to all the f- negative feeling that we do feel when brokenness or we being broken sets in.
1: Yeah, so um, it's actually a very interesting um, uh, thing that you mentioned um, because uh, it's not entirely um, a matter of fear per se. And we will be talking a bit more about some of these things when we talk about some of the characteristics of uh, brokenness. But um, to kind of um, uh, put it, uh, answer your question, the, the truth of the matter is whenever you talk about fear, Fear can be a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I have a saying um, throughout my school years or days that I used to say to myself, and that is a healthy amount of fear is always needed and is always good. The reason why I truly believe that is, let's say, for instance, you are about to prepare for an exam and you are still sitting there like a days ago without any fear, without any urgency, Uh, about the possibility of you failing that exam, then chances are you're not going to have the motivation or the drive to study to be able to take that exam as serious as you need to. So in that sense, fear becomes actually a very healthy commodity. Um, But then there is also the other aspect of fear that leads to people withdrawing. And so um, I know uh, you did mention from a spiritual standpoint, because we say that we need to fear God. Uh, but the interesting thing about that is when we fear God, because of his sovereignty and his omnipotence, we actually draw closer to him. We actually love him more. But when you fear mere mortals or situations in life, chances are you pull away from them because Humanity or human beings are not sovereign. Human beings are not all powerful. And so when you are afraid of them, you are trying to get to another place where you cannot be afraid of them anymore. And that's why we withdraw from them. But when we talk about fear from where you were talking about us from God, then that is actually also a result of our brokenness because we get to the place that we feel so empty we feel so disheartened like you said and so in that sense i would say yes you are right that brokenness can lead to fear of god but not fear of men because when we fear men we withdraw from them whereas brokenness as we will um be looking at in a few minutes brokenness actually in this truest as, uh, sense brings us to a place where we desire to actually relate with people and things of that nature. So I hope that um, actually answers your question. I think it does, but I move
0: faster than you, I guess. So let's talk about some characteristics or some types of brokenness and Mm. also why we need to pursue that.
1: Wow, wow, that's a loaded question, and I will (laughs) do my best to uh, try uh, to kind of uh, dive into these for us. And um, I hope our audience out there are following this conversation today with the openness of mind and the openness of heart that can lead to a change. Um, I say this um, because in many instances, I I believe that brokenness uh, is an opportunity for growth for us. And not just for the person who is broken, but also the observer or the one who is um, witnessing somebody go through this process of brokenness. Uh, And so I really uh, pray and desire that our audience will be following us uh, with um, the openness of mind. But we will be looking at brokenness in five different dimensions. Uh, One, uh, the the fact that brokenness brings awareness to our self-limitations. And um, the other, uh, the, the two will be that brokenness exposes uh, pride. And then uh, we will also talk about brokenness uh, leading to building and sometimes, uh, like you mentioned, severing relationships. And then um, hopefully we have the time to talk about how brokenness makes us mendable and how brokenness helps us build empathy. So let's break up from the top, shall we?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All on, right. Go.
1: Yeah. So, um, brokenness. Uh, one of the first things that uh, characteristics of brokenness uh, is actually embedded in uh, how I define brokenness itself, and that is, it brings us to an awareness of our self limitations. You know, um, the truth is there is a sense of invisibility with man. Um, we we go about things when everything is going well. There is a sense of, uh, it's not pride necessarily, but there is a sense of invisibility in the sense that we do things out of consciousness. So when you come to a place, or let's say you get home and you are tired from work and you want to sit down at your dining table, what do you do? You pull a chair, you sit down, you rest your back. Nothing, no thought into it whatsoever. But Do you know that when your back is broken, you are more conscious of how you sit in, where you sit, the posture in which you sit, and all those things? The reason is because when something gets broken, you realize that it is not just an automatic thing for it to happen. In other words, brokenness takes away that invisibility that subconsciously we have. Um, I, I have a friend, Pastor, whom I, uh, you know very well, uh, Reverend Osambiodu, who once in a conversation said to me that uh, when things are normal, we don't struggle. Yes. When things are normal, there is no struggle. In the sense that if your leg is not broken, you don't struggle with putting your one foot before the other when you are walking just like in the example I gave about the bad back. But the very moment brokenness sets in, you realize that you are limited. You realize that you have a self-limitation. And so brokenness in that sense leads us to a place where we are able to realize this. And that is one of the fundamental things when we talk about Christian salvation, when we talk about coming to a knowledge or a personal relationship with God. Nobody, in my opinion, is able to come to God or is able to accept Jesus in their life without getting to the place where they realize that they need him or the place of brokenness. Because brokenness is what puts you in a frame of mind to accept that you are limited in your own ways. And so you need God. You need the divine. Other than that, you wake up, you go about your day, and nothing shakes you. Nothing convinces you. And so, I think one of the things that uh, sometimes um, pastors and preachers do uh, kind of take lightly is the impact or the work of the Holy Spirit in the um, uh, uh, in the process of converting someone, because it doesn't make any sense, Harriet, for you to go to someone let's say, the um, COO or CEO of a multi-billion industry, for you to go to them with all the money and the influence and the accolades and all that they have and tell them you need Jesus. The first question they will say is, why? Why do I need him? I have peace, I have money, I have influence, I have power. I mean, why do I need him? And so, uh, for me, uh, whenever I see Uh, people with such power and influence come to a knowledge of God, is one of those humbling experiences for me that I sit down and I realize that something greater than any sermon they had had must have led them to a place where they got broken, for them to think in that state and believe that they need Jesus. And so brokenness, one of the first things or the first characteristics about it is that it Uh, brings us into that place of awareness of us being limited in our own strength. And that was just question um, part one, by the way.
0: Yeah, that was just the first characteristics, guys. That was just the first one. Let's move on. Give us the second one.
1: Yeah, so the second characteristic of um, brokenness that I will um, want us to talk about is um, the fact that brokenness actually does expose pride. And it does this um, in twofold. It does it through humility or humbling us. And it also does that through creating a form of dependence on us. You know, um, if you have never really in your life depended on someone else to uh, take you places, to move you places, to drive you about to be your your means of transportation. It's very uh, easy for you to boast about being able to go everywhere and not going to places you don't like. Um, I do hear that phrase a lot, that I only go to places I like. And whenever someone says that and I hear it, it kind of pushes me and I said, you have not been in a position where you depend on someone to be your means of transportation. And, you know, uh, most of the time, that is what pride looks like. I personally believe um, with with all humility that pride is really um, a result of our ignorance in life. Um, In Ghana, there is an adage that says that if you have not been to somebody else's farm, you think you are the only good farmer. And that is um, really the nicest way I can put it. Because, you know, when we are... um, when we are ignorant of the things or how things can be outside our reality, we bask in our illusion of a mastery. Um, for example, uh, let's take a, 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 a young person who grows up in a family where being a high school graduate is the ultimate feat to accomplish. Now, this person, may come out, graduate high school with honors and things of that nature, and maybe basking in that glory, maybe running around, uh, letting everybody and anyone who, who has ears hear that they are smart, they are intelligent, they have um, graduated high school, they did it with honors and things of that nature. And there's nothing wrong with you completing high school, especially if you are coming from a family where you are a first-generation high school graduate. That is a very, very difficult thing to do. So I'm not in any way demeaning your accomplishment, but take the same young person and put him or her in a family where not just the matter of graduating college is the standard, but having your masters or your doctorate. With that new information, that same young man begins to think of themselves as a failure. They begin to see their accomplishments as not enough. In other words, they are brought to a place of humility just because they have acquired new knowledge. And that is why I say pride really most of the time stems out of our ignorance of things outside us. Because in our example that I gave earlier, if you depend on someone to transport you from point A to point B, and then that person picks you up and tells you that I have to go to point D, E, and F before I get to point B, you will appreciate them being able to take you. You will, the next time somebody offers you a free ride, be very grateful about that. But with pride, we lose that gratefulness. And so, The characteristic of brokenness here, because you went through that period of depending on someone, being broken, not having your own means of transportation, that led to you having better understanding and humility about having um, your niece or having someone be there for you. And so I think that brokenness exposes uh, pride in that sense and brings us to a place of humility and uh, dependence. The other um, characteristic of uh, brokenness that I I will talk about, um, which will be our third one, is really um, relationships. You know, we've all been there. We've all had the broken hearts, or we know people who have had the broken hearts. We've all been in um, situations where uh, loved ones have left, and uh, loved ones have had good relationships end. But it is also the same brokenness or, uh, or the brokenheartedness that we experience that drives us to seek a better relationship than what we left. And that is a characteristic of brokenness. You know, on a spiritual level, uh, like we were talking about before, uh, we are drawn more closer to God When we um, realize our most broken state, uh, we are mostly um, uh, aware of the famous um, healing evangelist, uh, Catherine Kuhlman. And for those who have heard anything from her before, from her TV shows to her crusades and things of that nature, she always will say, I have died a thousand times. Have you ever thought about what she really means by that? That for her to be able to do or be used the way that she is used that we now years after she is dead and gone, still revere her, even though uh, to my knowledge, Catherine Kuman never actually had any uh, ministerial degree. I don't think she actually was a reverend or anything. I think they actually called her reverend uh, as a sign of respect. So years after she has left, we are still referring to her in many situations invoking various powers in the spiritual dimension because she paid the price of brokenness. And so I I think that uh, is a very um, key thing when it comes to the place or the spiritual level that our yearning for God usually Results out of us being in a place of broken, being broken, and that's where we we tend to yearn for um, God even the more. And I I I am host. I'm I'm having this section with my wife, so I certainly have to uh, talk about couples in here because <laughs> I I think that a lot of relationships. Um, actually are collapsing or have collapsed because of ungratefulness in our relationships. And for us to get to this place of um, gratefulness is a result of being broken. You know, uh, your partner spends the whole day making meals, cooking something so that you don't have to worry about um, what you're going to eat when you get home from work. Or someone cared enough to buy you something when they were coming home to you, or when they were coming to you in the office. Someone uh, cared about you enough to walk into your office to say good morning. And sometimes we won't even so much smile to look at their face or even respond. And uh, it's it's just uh, it's very disturbing. Um, because you really uh, need to get broken. Uh, and remember that you are not all that. The relationship that you have can be sustained and can be improved by you being broken. If you are not broken and uh, you take things like that, one person said that if a woman makes a meal and it's delicious, we don't praise her because it's her job. No, it's not. You could also be home and be cooking. And if it's not delicious, you don't want us to tell you? <laughs> and, and And so... I I am not getting heated, but these are some of the uh, little things that um, kills our relationships. That you go to many relationships, and nobody wants to be broken in the relationship. Everybody wants to be whole. Well, if you are whole, you still have all the baggage and the junk that needs to be taken out of you, and until you get to that place of being broken you're really not going to understand what it means for someone to be sacrificing for you. Sacrificing their time, sacrificing their energy, sacrificing their efforts. Uh, I mean, not to say anything bad about our, our, our cooks, whether men or women, but some people have to go through all these recipes to make this meal for you to come home to so you don't have to worry about yeah audience. My wife cooks all the time. That's why I'm talking about cooking. <laughs> but <laughs> but you, you you get home and you don't even value any of that sacrifice that had to go into what you are just about to sit down to eat. My friend, you need to get broken. You need to get to a place where you you are taken to the windmill and have some things taken out of you, have humility infused into you so that you'll be able to. Um, uh, uh, build a better relationship and uh, continue to move your relationship forward.
0: By the way, guys, I like it when he's heated. I hope you guys <laughs> like it too because it comes out. It all comes out and we like that, right? Anyway, I have a, qu- a follow-up question. I know our time is almost up, but what do you say to those people that are at that place of brokenness you know they realize i'm prideful they realize i'm not humble they realize hey i need someone
1: or Mm
0: -hmm. a god let's just say it in general for our unbeliever uh, community or friends what do you say to these people these friends that we have are listening to us what is the way forward for them what is their first step well, sometimes you need someone to just hold your leg and be like, hey, step here. Mm-hmm. And they will just find your way. What do you t- say to them?
1: Yeah. So um, that's actually a very interesting question because that goes to our fourth point um, <laughs> or our fourth characteristic. Um, and so that actually works out perfect. It's as though we worked this out before we even came on well, the show. Oh, we
0: did First, we did not.
1: <laughs> but um, the the the... A uh, question that you asked um, to answer that actually is, like I said, a characteristic of brokenness, and that is brokenness makes us mendable. Brokenness makes us coachable. Brokenness makes us be able to be helped. And uh, yes, this can go either in a positive direction or a negative direction. Um, For uh, all intensive purposes, I I am a positive guy, so I'll try to stay on the (laughs) positive side. Um, But uh, there is a saying that he that is down need fear no fall. Well, that might be partially true, but you can be down and still be sent into the abyss from your brokenness. You can be broken, and if you don't surround yourself with the right spirit or the right company, with the right people to be able to help you uh, to help you heal put yourself back together or to be put back together in the right way you can be sent to the abyss and so in answering your question the way to heal from that point is to have right counsel or to have the right help we 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 learn not to Um, only through our uh, brokenness recognize the danger signs that we missed on our way to being broken. But we also build guardrails, which is able to help us prevent a recurrence of whatever the situation is that led us into that place of brokenness. Mm -hmm. But remember our conversation a few weeks ago or months ago about not forgetting to remember. I believe the topic of uh, the title of that uh, conversation was Don't Forget to Remember. Uh, uh, And if uh, we, we don't learn from the situations that led to us being broken, those lessons are very vital to our overall growth that I fear not to be the bearer of bad news, but you may have to learn that again. And so, when you are at a state of being broken, you have to be able to surround yourself with the right people, with right counsel. And so, you did bring up the spiritual component. So, when you have gotten to that place of spiritual brokenness, you don't need anyone else, anything else. In that state, my listener, what you need or who you need Is the counsel of the Holy Spirit. And you can only have him dwell within you through Jesus Christ as your Savior. Yes, uh, there is a a whole ministry and we're not going to talk about this because that would be too much for um, the content of our conversation. But there is a ministry of the Holy Spirit to unbelievers. And that is to bring you to that place of brokenness for you to realize that you need God. You need deity. You need him to wrap his arms around you in that place of you being empty. But it doesn't end there. It actually requires that you actually take that step. And so the other way to heal through brokenness is taking action. Don't just surround yourself with the right counsel, but also take action on the the steps that the council put in place for you. Because if you do not take the steps, then it's as though you are, um, I I, I find it very difficult to um, continue to give words of advice or counsel to people when I realize they don't implement any of those. Because it's a waste of my time. You don't value my time. And like we talked about when we talked about times and seasons, People can steal your time by not valuing it. And so when you have surrounded yourself with the right counsel, take action. And as you take the action, continuously reassess the results of your action based on the guardrails that you have put in place. Because really, you know, Harriet, one interesting thing that happens is that most of the time we go through these periods of brokenness And we put up these guardrails that I did this, I did that, I did A, I did B, and this happened. And so you put up those guardrails to prevent you from doing A and to prevent you from doing B. But as we continue in life, we don't reassess the results of the new actions that we are taking in light of those guardrails. In other words, we just think that the fact that we put up the guardrails or we put up those fences, we can just keep going and nothing will happen. Well, guess what? Some things can jump over the fence. Some things can actually move through a little hole that you had in the fence that you didn't realize. And this uh, cuts across all walks of life. I'm not just talking about uh, spiritual life. But uh, you, let's say you got fired from a job that you really cared about. That is a state of brokenness. Now, when you sit down to reassess after you've gone through the grieving, when you sit down to reassess the things that happened, chances are, being a responsible person, you are going to put guardrails and say, okay, in my next job, I'll make sure I don't do this, I'll make sure I don't do that. Well, when you get the next job, it's on you to reevaluate your actions based on those things that you said you were not going to do. Because if you don't do that, that means you did not learn from the previous. Situation, and you are probably going to be broken again. For the sake of time, I will just limit it to these three. That those are some of the things that w- will be able to help you in the state of brokenness. And I hope that um uh, is clear for uh, some of our audience.
0: Yeah, I think we got it. And also, I was going to stretch it a little bit, but because of our time, um, I just want to say some of us, we, as you said, we get, or we raise up this uh, rails or like guard our actions. And so I have experienced it with someone that they seek for help and you give the help. They don't utilize your actions or your time or the words that you, you give them. And so it feels like in that moment, they get this temporary comfort. And so when they move away or they, they, they go to their houses or you got, you both depart, they get broken again. It comes all back. And so you answered it by saying we should utilize uh, wise counsel. When we get it, we should take actions and you know uh, move forward. And so uh, that was my next question, but... Guys, he answered it. I told you, when he's heated up, oh my goodness, it all comes out. And we love it. We <laughs> love it. Anyways, uh, while Joe was talking, he mentioned something about uh, someone who knows a friend or family or a neighbor who is going through brokenness or who is experiencing it right now. Um, we want you to touch on that, Joe.
1: Yes, you alluded to our time, so I'll be very quick. Um, in most instances, even when we are not going through a period of being broken ourselves, being around someone who is broken, dear night is very daunting. It's a very, very difficult situation for the person going through it and for the one who is not going through it. And so this is our healing. We want to help you as well. So for you out there listening to us and not currently going through that specific brokenness or going through any form of brokenness, but you know someone who is going through it. Friends, I want you to realize that all the things or the experiences that you have gone through in your life till this moment where you are not broken actually meant something. And that's why I said brokenness is actually an opportunity for growth. What you went through did build something in you. It did grow a seed in you that I believe if you will allow yourself, you will be able to use that to help the loved one who is going through that period of brokenness. But it first starts with a characteristic of brokenness, and that is empathy. You know, you build empathy when you have gone through situations not exactly the same, but you have gone through situations that push you in a position to understand what people are going through and how people might be feeling. I know people say a lot that you can't feel my pain. Yes, nobody can feel another person's pain, but we can understand. You can understand somebody else's pain. Because, you know, when you have gone weeks of being able to afford basic necessities of life or even a a, a one-square meal, then you are put in a, a position to understand when a single mother says that things are very difficult. And so the brokenness that you have gone through in your past has birthed something in you. And I want to challenge you to put it to good use. You know, one funny thing that I always say um, is uh, we we talk about time flies when we are having fun. But I believe that the true essence of that statement is not because of time moving any quicker than it did, but the fact that we don't appreciate the changing times and situations around us when everything is going well. So in your period of brokenness, friends, allow this brokenness to build within you empathy and also build within you a sense of appreciation. Because if you only have two cars for you, your wife, and your two children, and then you happen to lose one and not able to get around with the other car that you have, then you will realize the importance of having someone give you a free ride when you get it. And so allow this brokenness to birth within you that essence of appreciation, that virtue of gratefulness. And I believe with that, you will be able to help anyone that you meet who will be going through difficult times and challenges.
0: Well, thank you for that. Um, I think our time is far spent. And so we're just going to give you It'll take home and then we will see you next time yeah
1: so dear listeners uh we thank uh sister um Harriet uh, my dear wife for hosting us today and also we thank you for uh, staying with us I know we we, we have gone uh, way past our, our our usual time but this is our feeling and I know we are pushing close to that hour but friends, in summary or in conclusion, I want you to realize that we all go through periods of brokenness. I have been there and I will continue to be to go through some periods of brokenness. And you are probably going through some form of brokenness yourself. As a matter of fact, for my believing friends out there, brokenness has to be our way of life. Because in order for us to partner with the Holy Spirit to do the meaningful things that He desires to do in this world and make an impact with our lives, we have to continuously go to Him in brokenness. In fact, may I suggest to you, no matter what stratosphere of life you are on, that the most meaningful changes that happen in your life will happen in those periods where you are broken. And so, don't waste this opportune time or opportune season that you find yourself in as you go through these periods of brokenness. Make the most of it, because as I always say, we are not created to be an island. We are created for relationships, and friends, these relationships Start with the ultimate decision of your life. And that is the one concerning your eternal future. But don't just stop there. I want you to pursue brokenness out of your ego. Out of your practices, your ideologies. Sometimes the dreams we have can only be built on a better foundation when we get broken. So, friends, in our marriages, in our career relationships, in our spiritual life, let us build that fortitude that will allow us to make greater impact in life. And that is, let's get to the place of being broken. Because brokenness, my friends, is a way or a means to healing. God bless you so much for joining us today for another episode of Hour of Healing. We pray and hope that our section today does not only give you information about life, but also help you as you continue to navigate this journey called life. But don't do it by yourself. Seek the eternal help of the Holy Spirit and let Him help you as you journey this life. We'll see you same time next week. As we bring you another life-changing and talk-provoking topic, as we talk about singleness in our world, is marriage a necessity for the single person in our world today. I think that will be a great conversation. So don't forget to tune in next week as well. God bless you. Bye-bye.